And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I, I'm proud of them for, for everything they've done. Great for the city. Our fans were unbelievable. Um, Bucker, I mean, what a redemption story. He comes back and after a high ankle sprain has kind of moved his season a different direction than he wanted for a period there and he came back and just knocked it out. Sky Moore, uh, who had the drops early, was called on to go out there and return and he did a he did a great job. Um, Chris Jones had a, an unbelievable game along with Frank Clark. I mean, uh, constantly in the backfield uh, and just busted their tail. I mean, it was, I mean, what a performance they had. So, and I mean, I could keep going. I, I'm sure I'm missing people here, but I'm proud of all of them, man. They, they did a great job. So, anyways, with that, time's yours. Yes, it happened again. The Kansas City Chiefs are returning to the Super Bowl after exacting their revenge in the AFC Championship game over the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm Joshua Briscoe here with Nate Taylor and Seth beep. Kaiser to break beep. down what we saw. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, I'm sorry. Did my, did, did, did my detector interrupt your opening, Josh? Because I, I bought this new thing called an I know ball detector. And it just went off because I know ball. I alone in this podcast knew ball well enough to know that the Chiefs were never going to lose to the Bengals. And how did I know? Because I know ball. Well, I mean... No, 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 no. See, I, I knew... I knew what would happen. I knew that the Chiefs would utilize more aggressive coverage looks to try to stop from getting picked on in soft zone. I knew they would rush four more frequently. I knew Chris Jones was going to eat. And by the way, that tiny segment of Chiefs fans, I'm going to have words for you in a little bit. But I, I just, I know ball. And I just wanted to let you guys know that my I know ball detector has confirmed that my ball-knowing ability has given me everything I need to break down exactly what's going to happen in these games. And what's interesting to me mm-hmm. is when I talked to you guys last week, I don't know if yeah. you guys remember this, because uh-huh. uh, a lot's happened. It's been a while. I missed you guys. Love you guys. You know that. But a lot's happened, so I don't know if you remember. There were some differences of opinion of how this game was going to go. And, and I can't... I can't remember exactly. So I just got to ask you, like, did you, did you think that the Bengals were going to somehow beat the Chiefs again? Is that what you thought? It I mean, doesn't I don't wanna... matter what you thought. Oh, that felt good to say. And you know why it doesn't matter what you thought? Because you didn't believe, man. I I have sat here for years, just. Brothers, on this Time Czar's podcast, some of the most fun I've ever had. 
And to see you guys abandon your faith and your hope, all of it, it was just disheartening. It was disgusting. It was degrading. And I knew if I could just hang on, I would be able to tell you guys, you were wrong. I mean, I was only off by like four points, but. (laughs) Nate, do you feel like as big of a jabroni as I do? (laughs) (sighs) Look, every 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 now and then you got to be humbled, you know, (laughs) every now and then you got to you got to you got to face reality. I know I, I, you know, I think I know I think I know ball. But maybe, <laughs> maybe I need to uh, reevaluate some things because, mm. uh, you know, I'm I'm a man enough to 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 recognize that um, I didn't I didn't the circumstances that were in front of me led me to believe that um, it would take a, a remarkable Herculean Greek like God effort. Um. And yeah, we we have appeared to have witnessed that. And little did we know, and I will admit, even I didn't know this. See, really what Nate's saying is that he and I were right. <laughs> that it would take Chris Jones unlocking what I, from now on, am going to call Kratos mode. <laughs> in which it just, I have never, and, and, and dear listeners, thank you for indulging me in that. Oh man, that felt great. Like that that's going to get me through the next couple of weeks to be perfectly honest. Um doesn't really matter what happens in my life from here on out. I've peaked and I accept that. Mm. So I won't take over everything, but I will just say I'm trying to think of a time like w- like when you see like some defensive players on the line at their peak. I, I we've seen guys do incredible things, you know, like when people, you know, the Reggie White hump move and you know, Micah Parsons does that to people now and Aaron Donald throwing people aside. I don't know if I've ever seen someone brutalize double teams the way Chris Jones did on like three separate occasions. Like that last play of the first half. You earned it, Seth. Say it like you said it in the story. Go ahead and say it. (laughs) Say what you need to say about Chris Jones, about the level of the performance that you saw, about what exactly you've seen that appropriately predates what you saw Chris Jones do. I would say this. All the other examples of like other similar games that you've seen in your football watching life as the ultimate ball knower, as I believe you said it. And I'm not, frankly, I'm not going to challenge you for the trophy of who's the bigger ball knower. I, I don't even know what you mean by that. I think take it as a wonderful compliment. I mean but, it as a compliment. <clears throat> and I want you but, to tell me all the other games that Chris Jones's game there reminded you of from your past. I, if I could tell you all the games, I could make a comprehensive list of all the games that Chris Jones's game reminded me of, and it would take me very little time to explain it to you because I have never seen a game like that from anyone. Now, have I charted literally every one of Aaron Donald's games? No. <clears throat> he Maybe he's got some in there that were that high level with that level of attention paid to him. Maybe J.J. Watt at his peak had some. I, he had some incredible games. Reggie White, all these guys, Derek Thomas, they, they had these incredible games. I have never, ever, ever in my life, and the way the way I framed it was this, and I, I wrote about this, Chief of North Newsletter, Josh will plug it better than I ever will, but I have never seen a player, I've seen a player 
disrupt a game at that level. And I've seen a player get that sort of attention and be the focal point for the opposing team in a way that opened things up for other guys repeatedly. I've never seen both. Like where they are throwing everything they can at this guy. It really was, you know, to, to, you know, to everyone has beaten Marvel stuff to death, but it seriously was like watching infinity wars when Thanos just walked right through everything. It just didn't matter. It was like, Oh, we're at the end of the first half. Oh man, they're going to double me. Well, I guess I should just push these two gigantic humans aside and force Joe Burrow to throw the ball too fast because that's what the moment requires. It was, I I wrote about him first in part because I knew everyone was going to write about Patrick Mahomes, which they should. Uh, Mahomes' performance will have a lot to say about that, I'm sure. But if you were to say who the best player on the field was, not last even night, a not even a question. Seth. Not even a question. Chris Jones was a, he played in a game where Jamar Chase was on the field. It's not just about Mahomes because Mahomes is on one leg, you know. And and hey, by the way, one legged Mahomes. You know how there's the tier of quarterbacks, and I know we'll get to this. And Mahomes is at the top, and then there's that second tier with like Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, and you know maybe Justin Herbert. We need to start talking about the fact that. One-legged Patrick Mahomes might be in that second tier. Like, but anyway, he was, I mean, he was on a field with Joe Burrow, widely acknowledged at this point as the second best quarterback in the NFL. He was on a field with Jamar Chase, who is a freak. By the way, shout out to you, Trent McDuffie, for being the first human in the world to tackle Jamar Chase when you're the first guy to get there. On the first play of the game, no less. I would have been less surprised if an alien landed on the field halfway (laughs) through the game. Yeah, I would have been less surprised if Bane and his henchmen came out and blew up the field. Like that blew my mind. Like I, that was I, yeah, because I've seen Bane blow up a field before. It was in a movie, <laughs> but I've at least seen it. I don't even think I've ever seen a CGI of someone tackling Jamar Chase on the first try. <laughs> well, they decided it was too unrealistic. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, but I mean, so all these things were going on. He is sharing a field with Travis Kelsey, the greatest tight end to ever live. Leave me alone if you disagree, because that means you don't know ball. And as we've established, beep, I, beep, I know ball. Beep, 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 <laughs> it's going off again. It just can't help it. So uh, with those guys on the field, Travis Kelsey is going to be a Hall of Famer. Patrick Mahomes is going to be a Hall of Famer. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, they're really early in careers. Would not shock me at all if they have Hall of Fame careers. And Jones was clearly the best player out there. Like you said, Nate, like it wasn't even that close. And it was just an incredible, incredible performance. Just right down to the end, like on a season where we've talked about what a closer he's been. I mean, does it get better than that? No, that was inner Sandman stuff, man. Unreal. Yeah, it was so it was so great. So that's I I, I appreciate you letting me rant twice. Um, you earned this one oh, with well, your thanks. with your with your ball knowing and your faith, and my my ball knowing and my faith. Well, now hopefully you guys will be. Ball knowing faithies, faithiers, eagles by 10. (laughs) (laughs) And so, look, I I, can't win if I dismiss an opponent and the Chiefs lose, it's my fault. And if I I pick the opponent and the Chiefs win, I'm an idiot. Like, I and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. The Chiefs are going to a Super Bowl again, whatever I got to do to make that happen, I am fine with that. Blame or credit, it's okay. But it was, it was great. It was genuine. It was so cool to see him bust up some narratives. He's gotten a lot of undeserved crap about playoff games. And hopefully 
which, you know, Lord knows we would never see people move the needle or, or I mean, move the goalposts on someone. Never. Hopefully that at least somewhat silences things. Um, because, I mean, he he obviously, he played well last week too. Um, and like and like that opening script by Spags, you know what? Polite golf clap, Steve Spagnolo. No. All right, what? No. No. <laughs> no. Woo! Encore! Encore! Standing up! I'm standing up, baby. <laughs> golf clap. Golf clap. Did you? Did you? Um, did your ball detector break, Seth? Golf clap. <laughs> did you? Uh, did you hear? Did you see? Um, probably my favorite tweet of the night um, from Arrowhead, where um, I hope he listens. Uh, the 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 lovely chap who was in the tunnel entrance uh before the players reached the locker room yeah um i I quoted him in the story he did uh this man sees steve spagnolo (laughs) walking to the locker room and he shouts spags man and everybody go like he picked almost the perfect timing to to scream because it the 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 noise had kind of you know dissipated a little bit and he just says you killed it man and Spex just goes, thank you. And walks <laughs> right into the locker room. Um, yeah. Oh. Just just a um just a complete remarkable performance from just about everybody on the roster. Uh you know, when the team absolutely had to have it. But but yeah, I mean Seth the the game that is reminiscent of what Chris Jones did last night, and I know they're not necessarily comparable stats, and I know that like it's not the same style of football from the 90s, but I just looked this up on a magnificent website called Pro Football Reference. Guys, um, the region why... The reason why Reggie White is Reggie White is because he had three sacks of Drew Bledsoe in the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, three. Um, so and and then he finished his postseason career with twelve sacks. So a quarter, almost of these things <laughs> came at the hands of Drew Bledsoe. Um, it's a, uh, it was that dominating of a performance because, um. Joe Burrow has really never felt that before in the postseason. And you could sort of see that both the scheme and players um sort of put him in a in a box that he didn't have sort of all the answers to, other than throwing go balls to ball winners. Yep. Um, like the most elite ball winners in the league. Um, what could argue? Not, not to be mean, confused with ball knowers. Not exactly. Um, you know, the most elite, you know, duo of ball winners that doesn't involve obviously uh Justin Jefferson. So it was um, you know, these two teams just play a beautiful style of football uh against one another. And, you know, I find it really fascinating, guys, that um the Chiefs have done this long enough to see it on the other side. And what I mean by that is 
they've been in five AFC championships, which means they've been doing this so long that they've both seen what it's like to have an effective offensive line and then what it's like to not have an effective offensive line. And that's what the Cincinnati Bengals just, you know, sort of experienced and went through for the first time with their, you know, franchise quarterback not having enough time and protection to, you know, counteract what the defense is doing when the defense is on, has a good game plan, and quietly, um, unless the ball was in the air, they really did not gain much separation. And I think that is um, both a credit to the film study from Trent McDuffie, um, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, and also the fact that if no one's getting open in the first two seconds and Chris Jones is dominating up front, how are you supposed to move the ball other than I just got to throw 50-50s and, and trust my ball my ball winners to go win the ball? So um, I want to remind people, too, that the Bengals never led the entire game. Mm-hmm. Never led. Never had control of the game. Never led in the game. Against a team who had a litany of injuries on their own, a quarterback basically playing on a you know a leg and a half uh, with three wide receivers to end the game. That's all they had was three wide receivers. Their best cornerback, one could argue, didn't play the entire game, essentially, um, because Legereus Nee sustained a concussion on the fourth play of the game. Willie Gay got hurt midway in the second half. Um, as I wrote in the story, um, Chris Jones picked a perfect time to submit his legacy, to submit his status, his ring of honor induction ceremony, you know, date to be determined. Uh, he, he picked a perfect time to be the perfect strength to a perfect weakness for a rival that is their equal. Um, and I, I just find it fascinating that as I wrote in the story, just um, a lot of guys have been doing this so long now that they got another chance at it and none of them missed. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like, a, it's like everybody came up to bat with two outs in the bottom of the eighth or the bottom of the ninth. And they're like, Nope, I've seen all the pitches. I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm putting the ball in play and it's going to be hard when it hits, when it comes off the bat. Um, it was, it was truly amazing what they, what they did last night. You could do just the, the list of guys here. Think about back to where we were right after the draft. This, I have, I started with the defense on post game last night and I think the offense has its elements that would be really interesting, but I want to, I'm, I'm thrilled that we're talking about the defense here now because go back to where we were after the draft. When I had the absolute pleasure of shouting out the words Fayetteville State, <laughs> because it was just the most chief thing ever. Ever. It was. It was Brett Veach in the scouting department after going and trading up in the first round for a cornerback out of Washington, by the way, which could not have shocked me more. And then, <laughs> uh, but but then going back to their roots for Joshua Williams, and then later just hitting a grand slam with Jalen Watson when Snead yeah. goes out that early in the game. It was that group of Bengals wide receivers against three rookies where Brian Cook, a fourth rookie, later in the game, with, with, who make, has issues, penalties, out of position, whatever, makes one of the 
best plays on a football you're going to see from anybody playing that position. Mm-hmm. And then Joshua Williams is there to, to, to actually finish the play. Like unfathomably cool, unfathomably big in that moment. You have the defensive line where it's not just Chris Jones being an absolute wrecker of worlds. I don't know if I've said this out loud on this podcast. I think you two might have just done it. So I would like to join the chorus. Best player on the field yesterday. Not and maybe it was close, I guess. I, I think there are more than one guy you could take off the Chiefs and then suddenly they lose that game. Like, do they win that game with Chad Haney instead of Patrick Mahomes? No. Do they win that game without Travis Kelsey and with just Noah Greer and all those routes? No. Although I would have said, do they win this game without every one of their wide receivers to where Marcus Kemp is on the field at the end? I would say that's probably a, probably hey, Marcus, a bad sign. Run a stick route, baby. Run Shout a deep out to Marcus stick. Kemp. Hey, get that's open. The thing. That's run the thing. Run a deep it's, stick. It's, we did this. We did this in training camp install practice squad edition. Run a run a deep stick. Guess who's open? Marcus Kemp. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. These are all the reasons that this is the greatest sport in the world. Why it's a perfect team sport. Because it required heroics from Patrick Mahomes 
and heroics from his now new first name, uh, lifelong chief and future Hall of Famer Chris Jones. And it, it took it took those guys being titans in the mythical sort of sense, not in the Tennessee sense. In addition to Marquez Valdez-Scantling having his his Sammy Watkins game by a thousand miles, his most impactful moments as a chief. Mm-hmm. Lots of guys making great plays, but then the guys around those guys playing off it. it yep. It's Mike Dana and Willie Gay and uh, George Karloftis and Frank Clark and all of these other guys that got in on it all the way up and down the depth chart at pretty much every position because guys were getting hurt and other stuff wasn't working. Here are players who caught less than than uh, than... Uh, three or fewer passes. Three or fewer passes were caught in this game by Jarek McKinnon, Marcus Kemp, Sky Moore, McCole Hardman, Kadarius Tony, Juju Smith-Schuster, Noah Gray, and half those dudes didn't finish the game. Yep. Isaiah Pacheco is the third leading receiver, <coughs> which I actually kind of like going into the game. We can talk about that more later if we want. Yeah. I just think this dude's going to be an animal. But this is all happening not with Mahomes at his full power. It's Patrick Mahomes hobbling around on one foot. Uh, and then the the story that or the the uh, the next gen stats um, chart and yes, mentioned in, yes. in Nate's story is absolutely unfathomable. He was what eight for eight when leaving the pocket. I'm scrolling back up the story again now because uh, I always scroll to the bottom to hit make sure I hit the uh, little green smiley face before I uh, before I go Thank back you, up. Thank you, sir. I really that feedback matters. Everybody, go click Nate's green circle. Um, outside the box, six for six, 31.4% CPOE, completion percentage over expected. On the run, six for six, 21% CPOE. Extended drop back, six for six, 23%. That wasn't supposed to happen. That was yep. the one, that was the list of stuff he wasn't supposed to be able to do in this game. And the, the spray chart is just dots across the field. It's unreal, man. It, it, is, it is a brilliant, brilliant game that includes redemption for. Harrison Butker and Tommy Townsend and Sky Moore returning elite punts. punt returner Sky Moore. We all you know, knew had, it. We all knew it. Sure. Had, who doubted had it? you told me that, hey, the Chiefs are going to have a bunch of players get injured and Sky Moore is going to be pivotal. I would have assumed it would have been doing wide receiver stuff. The stuff that he's flashed some promise doing, not the thing that he looked hopelessly lost doing. I like that when they said Sky Moore back to return. Uh-huh. I I was so upset. Like I was just but I mean I I, I don't know who else you put back there. Yeah, I was I was just about to say can we can we walk through the scenarios because <laughs> Tony's McCall, out. McCall Hartman yep. is out. He you know the biggest issue they had was like hey man you just haven't had we 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 can't do contact in practice. So like you know uh, say a prayer and do the best you can. And, but, like, it's the playoffs. Like, the Bengals are known for their physicality. So, he valiantly battled for two and a half quarters. Um, Kadarius Tony, you know, had like basically tweaked an ankle trying to do alien-like juke moves on the perimeter and was almost going to get away with it. Um, so, he's out. Justin Watson, who has played every game, until Saturday, who had an illness earlier in the week, is a healthy, inactive player, in, in essence. Um, you want to put Marcus Kemp back there? You want to put uh, Sky Moore? And Sky Moore's return, he had two great ones. One came he back did. for the penalty, right? But the one that stood significantly impacted the Chiefs' ability to win the game in a positive way. Yeah. That... 
I, that that blew my mind. There were just so many cool things, like moments of redemption. Like, I don't know what Sky Moore is going to look like in year two as a receiver. He's got stuff to work on, and it sounds like he he's putting in the work. Um, But, I mean, that was a cool thing because that was rough earlier this year. That was, like, I'm glad they gave him, like, more chances as a receiver against, like, the Bucks. I think it was just a couple weeks later. And so he was able, you know, he made some catches and had people like, oh, okay, like, he can do this. Like, cause that, that would break some people. Well, so, uh, there, we, there was a, uh, and Nate, I don't know. I don't know who was where in the locker room for all this. I can't remember when I did and didn't hear your voice slash laughter in the background of the audio that we had, but I, it was multiple times. I said to Beards, like, I just heard Nate's laugh from like 15 feet away from wherever, wherever <laughs> Steven was at. Um, but, but Steven St. John was, was out there in the locker room and, and he had a few minutes with, uh, with Sky Moore. And the thing from that conversation that leapt out to me, was him saying, yeah, I, I didn't believe in myself back there anymore, but they kept believing in me, so I figured, well, I guess they're seeing something. Like, I guess I better go ahead and believe in myself a little bit. And man, Aww. I think that is, I gotta, I'll send you the, the audio, Seth. It, it's, it's really good stuff. Um, the, the idea there that there is a coaching staff around you that believes in you more than you believe in yourself at that point is one of the best snippets of what good culture looks like that I've ever heard out of an NFL locker room, post-game interview, any of that stuff. Because Sky Moore was was busted up, and the Chiefs just kept going to him. It was after the muff punt, throwing it to him, what, a play or two into the next drive? Yep. One of those muffs. And then in a, in a situation like this, he he was done. He, he didn't need to do this anymore. He knew it. And there was belief in his ability to do it, and so he kept doing it. And then he was super impactful in a huge moment. So this is also a reminder that the Colts should just stop bleeping around and hire Eric Bieniemy already, because like that's the type of stuff again out of a locker room that and mm-hmm. Nate, you've been in a lot more than I have, but that's the kind of stuff coming out of a locker room that to me just feels like a perfect snapshot of what a good, functional, uplifting culture means for a winning team. This isn't some like rinky dink JV squad that's all about good vibes. Like they are <laughs> they are champions of the conference once again, doing it while uplifting their young guys who had killer mistakes that could have put them on the end of a bench in some other in some other places. And the, the best part was okay, um we need to get a first down. Like Chris has had an amazing game. Um, you know, the offensive line has done a very good job protecting you. Um, yes, we have only three receivers left. One who's only winning on a consistent level, and um, they know you only have three receivers left. So it's like, do we want to run Robber in double Kelsey and... MBS, or do we want to run like cover one in double MBS and Kelsey? Um, he was accepting the checkdowns, but he never really sprinted until it was absolutely necessary. And yep. this, this was the hold your breath. I cannot believe he's doing it. This is, in essence, the season. Because as he starts to go from left to right, down the sideline, pointing to Noah Gray, 
You better block this mother. <laughs> the entire season, ladies and gentlemen, is on the line because when he has to stop, you don't know if he's going to be able to stop to where he could, I don't know, take a snap in the overtime period if such is necessary. Guys, can I read the next-gen stats about a quarterback on one and a half legs figuring out yet again it's time to remind everyone, me included, that... I know we must debate these things, Lord. I know we must have a discussion. (laughs) I know from the content overlords that we must provide compelling (laughs) counterpoints to counterpoints. But my dear Lord, there's no chance. There's no need anymore. We don't have to do this. Yep. On the game's final play from scrimmage, Patrick Mahomes reached a top speed of 18.14 miles per hour on his five-yard scramble. His fastest speed reached on any play this postseason. His previous high, in case you're wondering, via next-gen stats, was 14.87 miles per hour. (laughs) Guys, he ran faster on a high ankle sprain than he ran with two functional ankles (laughs) to save your season! He... Like, it really was, I mean, he had talked about how it's a matter of pain tolerance. And it also seemed to be a matter of knowing what you can and can't come back from. Because there were certain throws, he just made them when he absolutely had to. It is really cool watching Patrick Mahomes become more as a quarterback every year. If that makes sense. Like... Every year it seems like there's, and this is the league, right? Nothing remains static. You you always are going to have to deal with new things. That's the reason why up until Tom Brady, there was never someone who won seven rings. You know what I mean? And that's, it. <clears throat> it's just, there's always something. And for him to be what he was in 2018, and for me to be able to say, without any shadow of a doubt, Like, undebatably, he is a much better quarterback now than he was in 2018. Yeah. Because 2018 Mahomes, if he gets that high ankle sprain, I don't know how he's able. You know what I mean? Like, his ability to pick his spots, it it just, it, it blows my mind that he had that gear in him, but he just wasn't sure what he'd be able to do afterward. And so it's like, okay, man, Butker better make this kick. Oh, you're not kidding. Because, I mean, I really don't know. Although, I mean, crud, Burrow was probably sitting And look, Joe Burrow, great quarterback, tough dude. I'm sure he was ready. But on the other hand, he's probably like, man, I am tired of getting smacked by that gigantic alien named Chris (laughs) Jones. Like, because they knew they couldn't block him. I mean, it was just, it was so great to watch. And I just, it was so cool to see Mahomes play within himself. He had a few mistakes, you know, that were mostly, they weren't necessarily mistakes. They were just limitations. 
and seeing him embrace those limitations and play so well within them. Cause honestly, like the, the, the mobility thing mostly hurt him on, I think a few throws that died on him would be the biggest. And it's almost like, you know, usually he was able to plant. Okay. But every now and then you plant, you get like a shooting pain as you're throwing. So you, you let up a little, you know what I mean? Like yep. that's what it looked like. But he, he was borderline flawless. Like, he didn't make any big mistakes. Like, I don't know, throwing deep to a double-covered receiver on third and three. You know, like the, you know, much better quarterback. I'm going to let that word sink for a second. I was much better for as long as you'd like. Making quarterback decisions. Like, you know, whipping the ball at the ground where there's literally no receiver anywhere in sight and hoping for the best. That doesn't seem like a good quarterback mm. decision. Weird. And seeing as how I was told, and you know what? I feel bad because the analyst who did this actually won back like what he does. But to be told, well, Joe Burrow's better at quarterback stuff. Well, now we've seen Mahomes on one leg have to basically win. Yes, he's still got a killer arm, but he basically had to win with his brain. And he was still better because he was not like you can talk about you know oh well burrow's offensive line stunk yeah but he also his best plays of the game and nate you kind of alluded to this was just go up and get it to chase and t and hey that's that's all it hey hey man you you gotta put it up um you know that that fourth and sixth play was actually really um i thought creative oh killer because because um you know they weren't really doing well on the on the quick game. Like it was again yeah. mostly because of McDuffie's ability to tackle. Um, I thought Nick Bolton was a lot better at least recognizing some of the high lows that they were trying to run in the middle of I the field. So um, and so yeah, like and by the way, like Joe Mixon and and Samaje P Ryan like didn't break the the tackles that we you know became accustomed to in the first three matchups so both teams if, basically averaged two or three yards a carry when their running backs were actually carrying the football yeah that was a lot one yeah. in on checkdowns too um the the defense just i mean they put hopefully this can quell maybe the the chiefs needed to move on from spags that like for the last several years i keep hearing is 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 steve spagnolo you know is he i don't know vic fangio as a defensive coordinator i don't think so I don't think he's like reinventing things the way Fangio has. Is he good? Yes. He put, you just he put prime Tom Brady in hell for a few hours yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> that weren't anything. He did. He like, put, that's the thing that annoys me. I'm sorry. I didn't, yep. I don't mean to cut you off. No, I've, no. Said, I've talked about this game for many hours already, but the, the thing that does like start to get to me a little bit, and I'm going to say this real nice and quiet. So no Chiefs fans yell at me, but I find myself like generally liking Joe Burrow. He didn't call it Burrowhead. Like that wasn't him. He seems it seems like Joe Burrow and I have a lot in common. They talk he talked about Super Smash Bros at the last press conference before they headed a, off to Arrowhead. Like I I, I kind of like it. You would hundred percent wear a sorry in advance t shirt. Like, I have a pink jacket that looks almost identical to the one yeah. that he wore pregame and I didn't tweet a picture out purely out of fear of getting roasted too hard. And and uh, I honestly don't mind Burrow particularly. He bugs me less than Josh Allen. Because Josh Allen wants to play the game like a running back, but then gets mad when people hit him. That's kind of an interesting take. Yeah, I kind of like that. But anyway, so the the, the thing is, I, I don't, I find myself liking Joe Burrow, but it really, really, really annoys me 
when it's all about like how good Joe Burrow is and then the defense absolutely balls out and then it's about the refs or it's about Burrow just not being good enough in that moment or whatever it was. Like this is this is why I gave a standing O to Spags and I think that we correctly spent the first 15 minutes of the show talking about Chris Jones and then naming all of these other guys that had huge roles. I tweeted the stat out earlier. It was almost 300 snaps across the defense for rookies alone. That's, that's insane. That's crazy, man. That's in, that's insane. Three it, of them are corners against <laughs> T Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. Man. And their and and their best their best idea on fourth and six was Man, just run a nine round and just throw a, just throw a, just throw a ball winner throw. Hey, yep. you you a ball winner, right? Yep. Hey man, go win a ball against double coverage. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and then, I mean, there was a goal ball down the, the right sideline to Higgins, which, to not take anything away from Burrow, he stuck those throws. Those are not easy throws to make. And if you're off by a couple yards on those throws, you're you're taking a lot of risks. Um, but, are you talking about the Higgins touchdown here? Yeah. Oh, the, that, yeah. That, that throw <laughs> was... <laughs> now, again, <laughs> T. Higgins, let me tell you, you want to talk about a dude that I think in two years might look real good in red. Ball mm. winner. Might have looked real good. Might have looked real. Might have looked real good in red a few years ago, Seth. <laughs> Might have been easier to get than two. I I hear someone talking who doesn't know ball. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then see, and you know what? You 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 have you have rightfully um you you've rightfully spiked that football a few times, and you should, because Went how it went. It's interesting, though, you know, because you talk about, like, a rookie running back. Then you take Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round. And, man, that dude looks better every week. Like, I remember earlier in the year with, like, oh, he could have, like, a Kareem Hunt impact. And I was like, ah, I like this film. But, like, maybe he could be an above average back. And the more he plays and, like, as they're starting to get more involved in the passing game, the more you're seeing him getting some trust. Um, not as much in pass, bro, because Jarek McKinnon is a hero who – Will just what did he say? You got to be a little like not right in the head mm-hmm. <laughs> to just like with reckless abandon do what Jarek McKinnon does. But the, here's the thing: we know Isaiah Pacheco will fling his body around with reckless abandon. It's just a matter of learning the learning where to go. Because if you think for a second, Isaiah Pacheco, let me tell you, at some point, probably next year, because he's really got to learn. Isaiah Pacheco is going to lay someone out. Mm-hmm. A, a blitzer is going to get obliterated by him and we will laugh and it'll be great. But I mean, Pacheco, you, you've talked about the rookies and and I'll try to, you know, just with Spags, he adjusted and he, he had a great game plan. And that first, like they really, those first three drives and Hey, the, the Bengals to their credit, they, well, everyone's like, Oh, they adjusted. It's like, well, yeah, they started keeping seven in protection. Like, that was the adjustment. Like, I'm going to have two dudes line up in the backfield because we cannot block these guys. Good adjustment. And when you've got ball winners like Higgins and Chase, um, that works to an extent. But, like, Spags came out, and, I mean, they took all the things that didn't work in that Week 13 matchup, which, in turn, was him trying to adjust. Because everyone talks about, oh, Spagnuolo doesn't adjust. What what failed in week 13 was a direct adjustment to what happened in the playoffs and the regular season last year, where they tried to play a bunch of man and just those guys are really good. 
So they tried to play a bunch of soft zone and Burrow just obliterated it. And so he formed kind of a hodgepodge plan where you try to get some pressure, disrupt some routes, but also still have extra guys on chase, especially. And that's why T Higgins is alone in the end zone, you know, against your, your big corner, Jalen Watson, who's got great ball skills. It was a good plan. And the Bengals weren't ready for it. And that was a big reason why the Chiefs were able to go up 6 nothing early, which mattered. I mean, th- this all was important. So, I mean, hats off to Spagnuolo. But also, I mean, like you said, rookie corners. Three rookie corners. Like, this is the nightmare fuel game that would have made me freak out that they traded Rashad Fenton because at least he's played well in the playoffs before. You, you got three rookies out there. And then a fourth rookie getting significant playing time in the, in the, in the secondary. That's insane. So a hat, a hat tip to Spags and also Brett Veach. Like, man, <laughs> I don't even, he can't, it, it, this next draft has to not be very good, right? You can't, <laughs> because after 2021, we were like, hey, you know what? Bolton's a pretty useful player. Creed Humphrey's a stud. Um, Noah Gray has at least got some uses and Trey Smith's a stud. Great. You know, that's that's a pretty decent draft. And then this draft was significantly better. And that's without maybe a blue chipper. Although I'd be willing to be talked into the idea that Trent McDuffie is, is a blue chipper. If McDuffie catches the football next season, it's a wrap, y'all. <laughs> yeah, dude. That dude has dropped four or five picks. Because he, he, he did. He baited the hell out of Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow's like, I'm still going to throw this on the opening series. And he's like, why? <laughs> The problem is he just, you know, he hasn't he hasn't caught those interceptable passes yet. But when he does, then he can turn into a a, a different version of what Sauce Gardner did, obviously, for the for the Jets this season. So it's no, I mean, it's I mean. The 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 game within the game is it's third and what, eight? I, I guess I should look up the. uh Look up the play by play to 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 end the game, but it's 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 third and eight on Cincinnati's thirty five yard line. Chris, because he has the freedom to do this, because as we've said before, Spagnolo and Joe Cullen, the defensive line coach, have pretty much built everything around him. He tells Carlos Dunlap, "I need you to go inside so I can go outside, so that I have a higher chance of getting a one on one." Um, Hayden Hurst is in the area, and I don't know if Burrow didn't alert Hayden Hurst to say, hey, 95 is on the outside. You might want to bump him before you get into your route. But they didn't do that. And, um, you know, the the poor right tackle uh, who got beat by Karloftis, um, yeah. Frank Clark, and Chris Jones, um, Hakeem Adeniji. Um, he was he was one on one with Chris Jones with the season on the line, and we know how the season ended. Um, Chris Jones once again, Seth ended a drive, and, just, and it happened to just be the most important drive to date. That game's gonna be so good for his trade value, man. Oh gosh, let me like, and I think games like that is why. Just in case we got any new listeners, that was a joke. Sorry, back to yeah. you, Seth. No, I had some people like this has kind of become a thing on Chiefs Twitter where people tease me. They're like, oh, you know, Seth's kind of, you know, ah, Seth, I just wish you'd stop saying they should trade 
Chris Jones. Well, people are like adding him in that now. And y'all don't understand, like Chris is not like a regular listener. He doesn't like, is he aware of who I am? Maybe, but he doesn't know what I do or don't say. And he's going to think I'm saying that. And that bothers me a little. Please, please, by all means, tease me. Oh man, why am I saying this? People are going to do it more now. But he's like one of my favorite. He's my wife's favorite player. And I've been screaming for them to extend him. And I'm going to get like blocked on Twitter or something. I can already see where this is going. Have you just been afraid this whole time that he was going to get traded to the Vikings? Oh, man. I just because, I mean, you got a family for now. Man, the only way. Let me, you know, that. Oh, no. Whatever you're about to say is going to get you in trouble, man. I just want you to know that I can hear it in advance. Yeah, I know. I just, now, this game it. was proof <laughs> that it, it, playmakers, superstars, and I think um, uh, Nate Tice and Robert Mays said something really good where they talked about, you know, once you get this far in the playoffs, superstars start to take over. And, and it's just different from the regular season. The regular season in the NFL is not like the NBA where, where, you know, one player can kind of drag you to victory time and again. And I know that's an oversimplification, but it's it's just different. You know, you're not playing both ways, all that stuff. But talent matters and playmakers matter. And if you're trying to seriously contend for a Super Bowl, there's a balance to be had there. Now, that Chiefs incredible rookie class, part of that's because they traded one of those playmaking superstars. Yep. Yep. But there's a limit to that. Yep. And, and also, I mean, you know, you have Tyreek Hill yesterday. What does that game look like? It's hard to say. But, you know, if you have if you have Tyreek Hill, but you don't have, you know, list off multiple guys. The rookies who like? played 249 snaps on defense and 79 on offense. Yeah. And instead you have subpar players there because, mm-hmm. you know, getting your defense to average, that matters. So, but with Jones, like the, this ability to take over a game and the chief and I feel like Chiefs fans are finally seeing something they haven't seen since 2018, which is what Jones looks like and what the pass rush looks like with multiple competent players around him. Mm. And I'm not trying to diss anyone that they've had previously, but there's a reason why like Melvin Ingram, a competent, but not great pass rusher um, is he made such a difference last year because when you add that to superstars, it's just exponential improvement. And they haven't seen that since 2018. And that defense had, uh, I don't know if you know this, some of its problems of its own, even though the pass rush was terrific. And so you can see that value that a superstar pass rusher adds. If you can surround them with any sort of competency, if you can surround them with a Mike Dana, George Kaloftis, Frank Clark, and Carlos Dunlap and Colin Saunders. And these are all no other real star, but guys that can do a little bit, right? That they can win a little bit here and there. It just makes such a difference. And that's why you need guys like that. And so I'm seriously, people keep, you know, joking around with me. If the Vikings called, and said, we will trade you Justin Jefferson for Chris Jones, I would say no. And Justin Jefferson is awesome. That's how important he is. Specifically, now that you've got, I think Colin's done a great job. Nate, you touched on this. They've, they, this year feels like the first year that they've really built around Chris Jones. Like this feels like the first year it's uh, been. Uh, uh, it is indeed the first year that they have built the entire pass rush centered around. You could argue their best player. Yeah, and that's it, it. Felt like in previous years, and again, Frank Clark. Hey, hat tip to him. He played a heck of a game too. 
which I mean, what's happening? You know what I mean? Like one of the things I think this all ties together here because you're, Hey, no disrespect to the guys who have been here in the past that have not been competent enough players around Chris Jones. And Hey, you know, shout out to Joe Cullen. Here's the funny thing. Most of these guys are the same guys. They're just playing better football. Like this is the best Frank Clark has looked since the Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl run. This is uh, another, obviously, George Karloftis is new, and you can say Carlos Dunlap and Melvin Ingram are close enough to the same guy. Colin Saunders is just healthy and playing well. Frank Clark is just healthy and playing well. Mike Dana just keeps playing better football. Like, these are the same names on the back of the jerseys. They're just playing better and staying healthier. Like, that that to me is certainly nothing to offend any of the, the previous members of this pass rush and should be about Cullen and should be about the growth of these players. Yeah. Their development has been better. And and I think, honestly, what you're seeing Frank Clark really embrace, and this is something maybe he doesn't get enough credit for because everyone goes back to, well, he was given a superstar contract and he was traded for superstar assets and he's not a superstar. Okay, fair enough. But you know what he is? He is a dude that's willing to, when when a new defensive line coach comes in and they remodel the pass rush to be based around the other guy and not both of you, Mm. he's embraced it. And he he doesn't he 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 you haven't heard him complain you haven't heard him whatever I, I, and that's just you need guys like that you do need guys who you know will take Karloftis aside and be like hey don't be satisfied you're a rookie things are going better keep keep grinding keep grinding it's going to get harder and harder and harder you need those guys and that's what, like so Frank Clark you know this is probably the first time where someone's like okay Frank Clark extension my answer now would be like well what does it look like yeah. I mean, I, what does it look like? Is he is he assigned to a two or three year extension to be a complimentary pass rusher to Chris Jones? Yeah, I'd do that, you know. I, and it's it's such a cool thing, but like, it does feel like the arrival of Cullen, combined with people being healthy for sure. But you've seen a shift, and sometimes I wonder if when you get new eyes in the building. I kind of almost feel like I can just picture it. I'm sure it didn't go down like this, but I can kind of <laughs> picture like Joe Cullen walking into their first practice and after like 10 minutes, like walking over to Steve Spagnuolo being like, you do understand that, that Chris is like 10 times better than everyone else. Right. You've got some professional football players. And then I think over there is a grizzly bear wearing a helmet. (laughs) Can we use him for more? (laughs) Yeah. Like we should not be building around our defensive ends. We should be building around that human who's insane. And I think they started some of it last year and you've just seen more health this year too. That's definitely a thing. And adding Karloftis and Saunders being healthy, it's a big deal. That helps a ton. But this feels like the first year where they're like, we are going to go out of our way to find mismatches for for Jones, no matter what teams did. Now, to be fair, it was hard for them to find mismatches against Cincinnati because everywhere he went, they're like, we got to set an extra blocker over there. We just got to, guys. And it still didn't matter sometimes. It's unbelievable. Um, what what else have we not talked about that you guys want to discuss at, at some point? Um, they the had one... the worst special teams in the damn league. Yes, and <laughs> you won the game because you had the better special teams. It's unbelievable. They had the worst EPA special teams unit all season. Mostly because Skymore, yes, all three of them must all went to turnovers, all led to points. Um, <laughs> but, but but Harrison Bucker, 
Obviously, he had the original high ankle sprain, as I like to call it, for the <laughs> 2022 season. Um, they were so undisciplined. Um, Tommy Townsend was their best player, but wasn't the best holder? And if you quietly watch the game-winning field goal, it is not a particularly pristine snap. From James Winchester, Tommy Townsend saves the bleeping season by catching it, placing it on the exact landmark where it's supposed to be, and gets those laces out so that Harrison Bucker can be the hero we need, not the one you deserve. Guys, (laughs) Dave Tobe was on a hot seat for the first time in two decades. And then the voice came through for him. Unbelievable! I Now, I don't know if Zach Taylor in his boys was like, well, 24's out there. And we got smart, quality control coaches. We know 24, an adventure back there. You know what? Line drive put all the pressure on him. I don't know if that's what they decided to do. But, dog, you got to angle that kick. Have you not watched the Deshaun Jackson touchdown? Like, what are you doing? Um, I I could not believe that they had the better special teams unit by a wide margin. By the way, Tommy Townsend, coffin corner. Like, shout out to you. Had an excellent game. Um, I just, guys, what is the point of watching 17 games if the anomaly <laughs> is going to be the AFC? <laughs> Why did we all watch that Colts game? Why? We suffered for nothing. We learned <sighs> nothing. <sighs> like, so I, I just, I just want to say, Harrison Bucker um, answered all the questions. He was very um, astute in really explaining, like, just how difficult it is. It's not. He said it's not like kicking a brick in the cold, but it just can't. It just can't go. Because obviously the air pressure and, you know, obviously the, I don't want to get to the deflate gate territories, but obviously the ball does deflate, ladies and gentlemen. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, when Tom Brady's around, he's got to find the exact sweet spot of what his, not kicking at full strength, but ensuring that accuracy is going to be um, part part of the execution. And look, like, he missed a kick. Well, by the way, uh, Patrick Mahomes like self-destructed for like 10 seconds, threw his helmet down. Then Harrison Bucker missed the potential game-tying field goal against the Bengals earlier this season. So, like, these are the games where actually, okay, this is why Dave Tobe is like, you know, this is why he's held in higher esteem because like, the special teams are supposed to elevate you when the margins get obviously smaller and smaller, the further you go along. It just, it is amazing to me that I don't know what Kadarius Tony does on that return. I don't know what McCole Hartman does. I don't know if they want to make a guy miss, but the best thing Sky Moore did was he caught it and got upfield. Just mm-hmm. go, man. Just go. Um, and yeah, I just, one of the most shocking things of the night was just looking around and being like, so you're telling me they pinned them deep into their own territory, which helped the Chiefs get a stop. 
Then they had the best punt return of the season, the longest punt return of the season to get them into field goal range. And then the field goal operation went pretty smooth, even with a not exactly pinpoint snap. Okay. I don't know where Dustin Colquitt is. But again, he paid the sacrifice for y'all's ability to go to the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) One man was willing to say, hey, fellas, let's get real. And now might have lost his invitation to... (laughs) To 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 all team appearances from now on. I have no idea if that's true, by the way. I'm just speculating. But uh haven't haven't, haven't seen them in a while. They don't like it when people talk, man. And that's just true. And maybe that's how you know, that's how you know Dustin Colquitt. You know what? He is right up there. And I'll throw Harrison Butker, you know, he made that tackle last week. The the you know what? Special teams has low-key been weirdly lights out at certain points in the playoffs. Now, the fact that the kicker has to make a tackle is not a sign of a light. <laughs> but like a couple times, they like beep, 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 Sorry, you just knew ball so hard there that I wanted to have the beeper go off. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean, the special teams thing, this is a very similar thing to almost anything else that you could have said in advance with this game. If you were to say, hey, Seth, just so you know, special teams is going to play a really crucial role <laughs> in this game late. Had you said that to me in advance, I would have maybe chosen to not watch. Like, I'm like I can't do this. I can't. Oh, and, and by the way, Seth, uh, um, part of that's going to be because they, they're going to have Sky Moore returning kicks. Yeah. And yeah. I will just, I would have, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the Old Testament uh, practice of tearing cloths in your beards and pouring ashes on your head. I didn't have a beard and I would have done that. I would have just sat there. My wife would have said just curse God and die. <laughs> <laughs> and I that, that I would have I would have bet so much money on that mm. being a terrible thing. And then it's like, well, more back to return. And I was just waiting for it. I was like, oh, good God, have mercy. Now, that first one he returned, the one that got, you know, called back with the penalty, he looked a lot more confident fielding it mm-hmm. in that he he caught it. So, <laughs> I, but, so I wasn't, but I mean, I still, it's like, they got Sky Moore back there again. And I was like, what, Trent McDuffie busy? Yeah. Like, it's, it was cool. Juan Thornhill can't do this? He plays safety. <laughs> Like, but hats off to them. Hats off to Butker for a tough field goal. I was just sitting there and like my my kids were watching the game with me and they were, I was explaining to them like, oh, if he makes this, they win. And, and my kids are like, well, then why are you pacing around the couch, daddy? And I'm like, ah, it's been a lot going on this year and <laughs> good for Harrison Butker. Um, and good for Dave Taub, you know, walking by and saying, well, oh, how about Sky? You know what? Fair enough, man. Did I say his name wrong again? Yeah, Tobe. but I wasn't going to correct you on it. Tobe? Yeah, Tobe. as in rhymes with that one biblical character whose wife told him to curse God and die. 
Mm. Terrible wife, that lady. Goodness. It's <laughs> it's it's no wonder the enemy left her alive, by the way. While he's taking everything else, Job has like, oh, he's like, will you at least kill my wife? No, 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 no. I'm going to leave her here. Nah, man. She, <laughs> she out here cooking. She, she on my she, team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let her cook. Yeah. Let Job's wife cook. The enemy's sitting there. Hold up. Let her cook. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, well, speaking of uh, speaking of plagues, I, I did want to uh, to cover one more thing because I feel like we should mention it at least in some form. But I'm glad it wasn't until after we hit the hour mark because I think that's where it deserves to be. Do either of you want to say anything about the referees? No. No. I mean, come on, guys. We've had a whole year. How could you be surprised? I, 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 Carl Jeffries is perfect the biggest game of the year. How can we be surprised anymore? Hey, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did they just run a play? Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come <laughs> over here. Come over here. Come over here. Hey, did you start the clock? I didn't start the clock. Who, uh, like, why is a punny team on, why is a punny unit on the field? Hold, hold on, hold on. God, it is so loud in here. It's windy as hell. God, all right, all right, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Let me get let me get connected to New York. Let me keep pushing this button. What did you hear? You want another third down with Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, that sounds pretty exciting. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's run it again, guys. Hey, actually, well, we shut up and let me think. <laughs> All right, we didn't we didn't run the play clock. Uh, it wasn't in completion on my signal, guys. Third down. <laughs> like what? What do you expect? What do you expect from this multi-billion-dollar league? I don't know competency. Why? 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 Matt Ryan's feelings got hurt. And it cost him fifteen yards. Okay, so like, Seth, did your Zoom only allow you to hear Nate say "Why? Why?" fifteen yards? Because everything I, in the middle for me was just total nonsense. It was. It was terrific, though. Zoom I'm have is to go so back kind and to our ear holes. Yeah, I, um, I just, I, uh, I, I, I just, Zach Taylor, why does Zoom hate Nate's voice? It's <laughs> so strange. Zach Taylor was ready to burn Arrowhead to the ground with everyone in. Well, he tried afterwards. I mean, there was yeah, a yeah, literal he tried. fire. He was, he was leaving flicking cigarettes out the window. <laughs> yes, so into the bush. <laughs> oh, oh, I've only taken one hit of this. Oh, there. Oh, no. But, well, you, well, you, well, you see, coach, um, he extended the ball to the line of game. And that's why he got a first down. <sighs> Do you want me to answer to you again? Yeah. Yes, they tackled him. Was his knee down? Did we did we blow a whistle? Because he, he extended the ball to the line of game. Now I cannot hear right now. So can <laughs> we keep this moving? Because I'm a I'm a man of a certain age, and it is freezing out here. Do you feel this way? <laughs> They're not even sending me to Arizona. What incentive do I have to do my job to the highest ability when I'm shivering? It's loud, and you asking me whether he got the line to gain. Coach, he got the line to gain. Now, I don't know what you... Why would you... You asking for too much. Competency is too much. You know, the human element is what we like to sugarcoat this in. We are so human that, I mean, you're going to be here in two two weeks, right? I mean, you're not going nowhere. I mean, they they giving us more money to put things on the television. I mean, look, my guy Carl's going to handle this, but you got to get through this game, okay? And all that means is 
I'm going to say we need to give Patrick Mahomes another third down because, dog, do you see what he's doing? Yeah, just let's just let him, let's just give him a shot. Give him another did chance. He, oh, 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 was... did, Hunter, did he not complete that pass? Who the hell held on that? Who held on that? <laughs> Who held? Yeah. You, you got 20? I got 20. Did you get 20? Oh, yeah, this is going to get used in a deposition in like two years about how the NFL's rigged and you're the only one on this podcast who had the guts to say it. If the NFL <laughs> is rigged, Sheffers would not be repping the Super Bowl. At least if it's rigged in favor of the Chiefs. So you tell you telling me he threw the ball in the dirt. Was it past the line of scrimmage? Was he in the tackle box? He he just didn't want to get hit. So he he, he just punked out. <laughs> why don't you watch it go? Why don't you throw a flag? Throw the flag. I mean, like, yeah. come on, man. I like I, the idea of that they're having that discussion, then one of the refs just pulling out a flag and just yelling. Not even just 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 flag from their hips straight to the ground, just going punk. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, Chris Jones been in the backfield all day. Yeah, I get I don't, it, I didn't but you got it. But you oh, got yeah. pa- to get it past the line of scrimmage, dog. You weren't even close. P Ryan's in the next county. Not when okay. my life's on the line. I don't care. I, the ball's just balls out of my hand. I, I'll yeah. throw it backwards. I don't care. Don't don't hit me. Forget you, man. I got Chris Jones trying to kill me. Have you ever stood next to that man? He's enormous. Hey, like, I'm gonna throw the ball through our own uprights. Like that's a safety, right? Does that yeah, work? It's like a fumble. Yeah. Oh, great, you can have it. Two points Maybe of yours. He'll stop chasing me if I just do a better job submitting. Is this like an alpha beta kind of thing? Like, will he start protecting me if I submit? Like, which I, I let me just say that's probably of all the moments in the game. I I got mad when there was a hold that wasn't called on Jones, which, you know, those happen all the time. Um, Bengals fans, those happen. And it's not when players attempt a rip because look at the rule book. You can have your arm around a player's neck if he attempts a rip move first. Look it up. Also, a left tackle grabbing someone's chest pads, that's not holding either. So, I mean, at least that's what Joe Thomas says. But, you know, that's, what does he know? That's right. I had that tweet up. I did a whole bit on 810 today where I said a Twitter user said, this is not a hold. Get over yourself if you think it was because this gets called only in high school, et cetera, et cetera. And then I just revealed that that Twitter user's name was Joe Thomas. Yeah. Yep. One of the greatest left tackles to ever live. And then the funny thing is people are like disagreeing with him in reply. The internet's incredible. I am never logging off of Twitter. Because like, think of the cojones it takes to be like, well, yeah, but you're wrong, Joe Thomas, about the (laughs) NFL. So it's called. What do you know, Joe Thomas? Like, do people not hear themselves? Like, they, they don't. But I was I was gonna say besides the the hold that 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 um, intentional grounding when they didn't call it at first, I lost my mind. Like I was not a good example to my kids. I was so angry because it was so blatant. Like what you said, it was just like, uh, I'm just gonna throw it at the line of scrimmage ish. And there's no one close. There's no one anywhere near him. Because when you're still in the pocket, you got to target someone. You can't just throw it randomly at nothing. And there was no one close. And that's where it was so obvious to me. And I, I mean, I was freaking out. They need to change the rule. This is bull. I mean, and then and then they threw the flag. And my wife was giving me that. You feel pretty special now? You feel better? <laughs> Kind of look like you feel better now that you vented in front of our children and taught them how to be horrible sports. So that was fun. Um. So again, the Chiefs have done this long enough to see what it's like on the other side. Um. Joseph Osai had a 
wonderful game. And he had his D4 moment. And mm. you just hope that that serves the Bengals moving forward mm. next year in an appropriate manner. Um, I always like to remind people that, like, whenever you mention D4, he was traded. I don't know if that will be the case with Osai here, but D4 went to the Super Bowl the next year with the San Francisco 49ers. So, hey, if they want to sell low on Osai and just go ahead and send him right back to Arrowhead, I bet he could make some more good memories here. I'd accept that. And that'd be open. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sell, yeah, sell low on Osai by all means. By the way, D4 went back to the Super Bowl and got absolutely bodied by Mitch Schwartz, but that's a whole other. I did. Uh, there was a period at that sitting, Seth. Not a period. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm trying to say is there, there's, there's chance for redemption for there him. There is. Whoa, hey, hold on. Beep, 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 beep. Guys, my bleep hole detector just worked. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't even know. Seth, you're on fire today, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, all I'm saying is this adds a bit of texture, a new new flavor, as Andy Reid would say, to the the rivalry. Um, All the things the Chiefs felt over these 363 days before yesterday's game are much of what the Bengals will feel heading into next season with the opportunity and the chance to maybe see the Chiefs down the road in another January Classic. So, um, you know, it's it's always devastating um, when you know guys are, are exerting themselves to the absolute maximum. Um, and sometimes you make mistakes. But, you know, the Chiefs were able to still maintain – where they were going. And I'm I, I'm going to be fascinated to see what the Bengals do next year with Osai, with more experience, with the understanding that, like, yes, a lot of those guys are still under contract. So, mm-hmm. you know, we entered the season, me included, thinking Chiefs, Bills, I'm ready to see part three. Um, where now uh, I feel like there's a bit more weight, a bit more significance and obviously just bloodthirst on both sides now um, because the rivalry has been fully cemented with the team that needed redemption uh, achieving it, yep. and now the other team uh, having to respond in a similar manner next year. Um, it's, it's, incredibly, um, it's incredibly riveting, uh, but I do want to mention that, again, the Chiefs have been doing this long enough to see the other opponent make the mistake that D Ford made when they first got to this oh, this yeah. level of competition to get to the Super Bowl, um, it's it's again it's it's just really compelling. Um, but you can't forget that your quarterback laid it all on the line, and you still needed the other team to make a mistake to to give Harrison Bucker a chance to win the game. It hangs on by a thread. It really does. That's a really good point. It's not just about being great to go to the Super Bowl. You you got to be a little lucky, too. Anything else before we fully sign this off? I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just try to suggest this as an executive decision to you guys. I'd love to do another podcast on Thursday. I know there's not a game this weekend, but I would just love it because I imagine there are probably some things we could uh, maybe we dip into some questions. We'll see. We, we always promise to do that and then do it for 10 minutes. But uh, we'll have time at some point because we should have a bunch of shows for the Super Bowl. We got pressers happening this week. We've got, I'm sure, a lot more from you guys still on this game. Seth, I know you've got film reviews planned out. 
uh, including on guys that we probably didn't talk about enough in this one big recap episode here today. Uh, so uh, if if you guys are free at about the same time on Thursday, I'd, I'd just love to do another one. Let us know what y'all think, because, I mean, I'm going to be here just hoping to press, hoping to press record, y'all. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's always nice. It's always so with nice. that, uh, there'll be more coming from Seth, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. Uh, and, of course, from Nate on theathletic.com, or if you're not subscribed yet, you can go to theathletic.com slash timesars to get your sign-up link there and see the best deals The Athletic's got going on. Plus, you can follow all of us on Twitter and all of those places because we've got two more weeks to talk about real football still happening. And that that really feels like a uh, a real blessing. And I just got to thank the referees for making sure that we had that opportunity. Because <laughs> um, really, that's, that's really what it came down to. Get us out of here, Nate. I gotta go uh, iron my uh, my my uh, mural stencil that I'm putting up on my wall of uh, Chris Jones just uh, as a grizzly bear wearing a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> um, the amount of cigar smoke. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as I as I like to remind people, you know, that's the last time um, that team is going to be in that locker room in that stadium. Because starting next week, they'll be obviously preparing for the Super Bowl in Arizona. Um, and you look, there's confetti and there's commemorative ball caps and hats and photos being taken and like bear hugs and, you know, Isaiah Pacheco's dancing, um, you know, and, and, and Frank Clark is, you know, just got so many cigars, just so many uh, <laughs> handing out. Um Again, man, this is who went and bought, who went and got the order in bulk. Who who got the bulk order? That's that's what I will try to get to the bottom of. Because if you didn't have a cigar in your hand, it wasn't because someone hadn't asked you yet. Uh, <laughs> if you played on the on the Chiefs yesterday, so the cigar smoke and um, just everybody kind of marveling at you know. Patrick, yet again, just, yeah, I'm just going to sit here and, and chill and talk to whoever wants to talk. And, uh, you know, I feel really, you know, he, he was as relaxed as I've seen him all season after a game. Um, when Which, again, he pulled off yet another feat of, um, of remarkable talents. It's just, it's a... Uh, it's 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 insane, man. It it really is when you when you think about it. Um, but just guys, I know I don't know how. I mean, I don't know. Maybe cigars have uh, had a massive increase in the local region. Um, but I just want people to to realize that it was a lot of um, Bud Light, Coors Light, a little bit of a boom in music here and there. And a lot of cigars. <laughs>